You've heard of BetaShares. You've probably seen the logo on our podcast. You might even be among their 1 million investors. So you can imagine that I'm delighted to say BetaShares is the official ETF partner of the Australian Finance Podcast. With nearly 100 exchange-traded funds, you can go to betashares.com.au and immerse yourself in ETFs and unique insights covering all of the sectors, themes, core and satellite positions you could want. Think cybersecurity through the Hack ETF, robotics and AI with the RBTZ ETF, and uranium with the URNM ETF. The list goes on. To explore the BetaShares ETF range, visit betashares.com.au, read the relevant PDS and TMD on the website, and consider if the fund is right for you. BetaShares Capital Limited is the issuer. Is there a Spotify wrapped for investing? If you want to invest in shares or ETFs, our friends at Perla are more than one step ahead of the curve. On average, people who use Perla invest $1,750 every month. That's what we want to see, proper dollar cost averaging. With automated investing tools making your life simple, Perla investors have well and truly mastered the art of investing small bits lots of times. So if you're ready to start growing your net worth in 2024, follow the link in your Spotify or Apple podcast player right now to discover how you can get started today. Welcome to the Australian Finance Podcast. I'm Kate Campbell. And I'm Owen Rusk. And we're here to give you the tools and knowledge to invest both your time and money better. If you're new, feel free to jump in with our Starter Pack series that aired in early 2022 or our Shares or ETF mini series. We've got plenty to share with you in today's episode, but if you want to catch us on socials, head to Rusk Australia on Insta and Twitter. I'm also found at Kate Campbell AUS on Insta. And I'm Owen Rusk AU on Insta. Just beware of the fake accounts. We'll never DM you about trading strategies or crypto. And if it sounds a bit weird, it's probably not us. And just one final heads up before we get into the show. This podcast contains general financial information only. Evan Lucas, welcome back to this episode of Brain Hacks. We're up to part four now, so we've been going for a while. We have. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised that we've been allowed to have four, four series. <laughs> And Kate, welcome to this. It's going to be a huge episode. Everything we're going to talk about today revolves around the word gratitude and that emotion. It's going to be interesting because I know there'll be skepticism about it, but I'm sure you'll get a lot out of this episode. Evan, do you think you'll ever have enough money? Yes. And and the short answer for that is that I've actually come to the realization I probably have. Already. I've already got enough money. Yeah. So look, this we're getting back to our series and it is a rolling series around today's financial gratitude and why that question is so important is that realistically what you're asking is, do you think you have an abundance to live off? And I do. And 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 why I say that is that, you know, the other part of that, that sort of the tricky part is you're asking, have I reached a goal? And what happens when you achieve a goal? So have I got enough to live off? Absolutely. Do I think I have enough money? Yes, I do. Have I reached a financial goal? Yeah, clearly I have. And therefore, the next part of that question is, what's next? Well, I, all part of that is actually understanding that my next is is actually just continuing to make sure that that abundance that I have in my life continues to be there and therefore... You know, you and I have spoken about this all the way through the series. My goal is to basically be able to do what I want, when I want, how I want. And the realization that I can do that from your question is has been incredibly liberating. Question back at you. Same thing? 
I have enough right now. I wouldn't have enough to just stop working full stop today and never do anything but again. Would you, yeah, but would you want to? I think that's the other part of that question, yeah, right? Probably not. Yeah, probably not. I, I was talking the other day that it would be nice to have a year off just to catch up on my book pile because it is really growing the number of things I want to read and podcasts I want to listen to. But could you do that? I probably would start get a month in and it wouldn't actually be that great. But I could. Financially, I could take an entire year off right now. Yeah. So you, you've technically got that idea because yeah. why we're and, and for the listeners out there why we're asking and opening up with this whole scenario about asking that it's it's about being honest with yourself it's also about understanding that society and from my world economics comes from the other direction and it annoys living bejesus out of me so for those of you that have studied economics like i have one of the fundamental principles in economics is that resources are finite and therefore, that the amount of you know goods and services put out there, the demand for it will always exceed the amount of resource. All that basically is saying is that resources are scarce. Suck it up, get ready for that. And that mindset comes immediately into how we think. Because the other thing about when you start talking about scarcity is that scarcity therefore shortens your view. You need to look at the funds that you have or whatever resource it is. It doesn't have to be just talking about what you and I are talking about, which is funds. It can be anything in your life. It's about how much do I have for today and probably tomorrow at best. So think about today's bills, tomorrow's job. In our world of finance and our world of investing that you and I talk about day after day, night after night, we keep talking about long-term thought processes. And this is why gratitude, and you can choose the adjective you want, but gratitude is the best one out there, is so important for this. And before I come back to you, I'm gonna, I've just started writing another chapter for my book for when it gets released at the end of the year. But I do want to put the quote out there, which because I found it fast. Michael J. Fox, who I'm sure you're all very aware of, fantastic actor from the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s, has clearly got Parkinson's disease, and he has lived with it now for almost 30 years. And he was interviewed the last couple of years, and he he talks about gratitude more than I think I've seen anybody talk about it. Um, and he says, with gratitude, optimism is sustainable. And he goes on to further than that is that when you find something that you're grateful for, then you'll find something to look forward to. So everything I've just spoken about is summarized in that one sentence, right? Apply the whole idea. Optimism, we know, and we've talked about pessimism before in this series. Pessimism is a good defense mechanism, but it clouds your judgment from action and inaction. Optimism is, is obviously the opposite to that and sustainable, right? You've just said that you are at a point where you are sustainable in terms of the amount of money you've got in. You couldn't live for a year, you'd have to go back to work, but you're sustainable with what's making you happy. And I think that's exactly the way to talk about this. How do you look at gratitude, Kate? How do you look at money gratitude in particular for somebody that obviously is in you know, the growth phase of your life? You're clearly moving through that process of not just growing your wealth, but growing your overall you know, worth, I think is the term in terms of what you see yourself as, who you see yourself being, what you want to be in the future? I think for me, Evan, at the moment, thinking about how I'm growing as a person in my career, I'm investing in my career by doing some further study in the evenings and on the weekends. I'm focusing on building my finances because at the moment, in my 20s and my 30s, it's the time when I'm shoveling in the fuel. So I'm putting as much as I can aside into my long-term investment portfolio. So further down the track, I have even more options and choices. And I'm growing my network and my relationships by investing time in meeting new people and spending more time developing the relationships with friends I already have. So for me, 
I'm focusing on the future, but I'm also focusing on being present where I am right now. And that's one way I do that is every Sunday I reflect on the week that's been, I plan for the next week ahead, see how I'm tracking towards my goals. And I also write down five things that I'm grateful for from the week. So that might look like a wonderful cup of tea during the morning, going for a walk, a podcast episode that went really well, getting to know someone new at an event, all of those things. I try to pull out some of those parts of my week that really meant something to me and that I'm thankful for. And another thing is sending thank you notes. So that's something that I try and do quite regularly. I remember when I was a kid, mum would always pester me to write thank you notes when I'd receive birthday presents or Christmas presents. But now I try to do that for other things. So if someone grabbed me a coffee, I can just send a text. Or if someone took me out for dinner, I'll send them a message the next day. So just practicing gratitude um, and appreciating people more. You've jumped ahead. What I was going to say on that one was practicing gratitude is something that all the studies show. So the study from uh, Northeast University, from Stanford, and also from Harvard, all of them, when they did their studies around gratitude, used some form of journaling. So the most famous one that probably is known around, they got 75 participants assigned into three groups. Because the other thing we got to talk about here before I answer that question is gratitude and and general happiness are slightly different. And what I mean by that, gratitude narrows the focus a bit, whereas general happiness is, is almost everything. And why that matters is that those three groups, so they had a gratitude group, a happiness group, and their neutral group, which was basically just focusing on events of a typical day, not actually what are you grateful for, what makes you happy. It's just five things that happened today. So that was their neutral run group. And mm. the reason they did that is that all three groups had to do the same thing. So write down five things that you were grateful for, things that you were happy for, or things that happened. What they found is that there was negligible difference between the inverted commas happy group and the, the placebo group, the, the typical day group. They both still had impatience, they still found that they concentrated more on sort of a, a, a scarce mindset and and therefore, you know, they were willing to take a much lower discount rather than getting a long-term return. The difference with the gratitude group was about 12.5%. So they would actually have more patience. And this is what we're talking about. But why we sort of jumped ahead with what you've answered, and that's great, is all of them find that the majority of the way to practice adverted commas gratitude or actually practicing that that mindset or that mind frame of getting yourself patient, getting yourself accepting and appreciating what you have, it's journaling. Now, I'm going to put my hand up and jump ahead as well. I'm a little bit different. I find that way I practice it to sort of distract myself from what I'm doing, running, <laughs> uh, is that I think about this. So when I'm running, I love to run to a point. I mean, everybody <laughs> that tell you that they're runners, they all know that they say they like it, but in the back of their mind, they're going, bloody hurts. And and when that happens, I try and distract myself by thinking about what was I happy for this week? You know, what are the kids done? How are the kids going? Isn't it great that this has happened and this has happened? And, you know, I'm glad this happened in the past and I'm hoping I can't wait for this to happen in the future. So this sort of focuses my mind. So I'm a bit different, but in the main, practicing gratitude, the majority of of studies suggest that the best way to do it is to journalize something. The other thing you highlighted there is is two other parts to it, which is appreciation appreciates. And what it means by that is the more that you actually like something, the more value it comes to you. That's, that's another way to say it. So if you value and appreciate 
your work, the value you assign to it gets bigger. And again, that's not me saying, that's what the studies are finding is that if you value and appreciate, it appreciates. Um, I know that's a really mouthful <laughs> thing, but- But how can you take something that you already have or an experience that you already are going to have in your life and look at it slightly differently? And yeah. maybe that would have a better impact. Yeah, and that's, that's exactly what that is, right? So it means if you look and appreciate the value of your overall wealth now and appreciate for what it is, and see that it's growing. It's obviously, therefore, economically growing, but also from your own personal value standpoint and viewpoint on it, it's appreciating as well. So it's a double win. And therefore, as we said at the start of this, it flips that scarcity to abundance mindset. You can actually feel and see that the value you have is bigger than you think. Yeah, and instead of saying, I only have $10,000 when that person in the media has a million dollars, Actually, $10,000 is fantastic and it's an important it's step on yeah. my journey to building wealth long-term. And I think we often discount those small milestones along the way. Yeah. And the other thing you highlighted before with your scenario is celebrating your milestones, mm. whether that's as simple as saying thank you or it's also as simple as going, okay, I need to celebrate my financial goal or whatever goal it is. It's not splurging. It's going out and saying let's go and have a bottle of wine, let's go out for dinner with the family, let's go and celebrate. Because the reason for that, what the studies also show, again, I'm not trying to <laughs> say this as, as sort of anecdotal, I want to actually give the listeners to understand this is what's been proven, is it reinforces the behavior. It reinforces your acceptance, it reinforces your patience, it reinforces that you are grateful, and therefore it builds it even further. And it becomes routine, it becomes much more motivating, and again, it gets back to if you appreciate it, it appreciates. You also said something there, and I want to talk to you about this. How do you view wealth and rich? Rich. Okay. Well, to me, wealth is what I'm working on. I'm working on building enough money that I can support myself financially without necessarily having to depend on anyone else. But I don't want to exclude other people because I've built wealth, essentially, because relationships are a huge component of our overall happiness. But to me, rich is not really a word that I use mm -hmm. that often. I think it has a lot of negative connotations. I probably associate it, for good or for worse, with material items. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that's what I'd, I'd highlight too, is that wealth and rich sometimes are interchangeable, and you can hear that particularly when you, you know, start looking into this world is, you know, these people are rich, these people are wealthy, they sound the same. I'd agree with you. I'd argue that they're different in terms of the fact that wealth is a much more broader term. It's much more sustainable term. That's the other way to look at it is that normally somebody that is wealthy has a holistic, sustainable scenario to them. So they are, as you've already spoken about, they're investing for the future. They are happy with their current scenario. They're growing their overall scenario, not just from a monetary perspective, but from a value, rich tends to just be the economics and it tends to also be spend, right? So rich tend to have a high income, but could probably have a net worth that might be negative because they spend and spend and spend. They live a materialistic lifestyle. They tend to be rich because of things outside of their original control. And I that also feeds back into this, this episode because the mindset around, we've sort of skirted around it, we've said it in previous episodes, the mindset around envy, the mindset around you know the issue of spending and spending for spending's sake also wraps up in this. Mm -hmm. And, and that, that gets back down to practicing 
the abundance. Practicing the gratitude that comes with your wealth means the value of it's better. And you start to realize, and, I, and I've and i started this, you're going back to your very first question to me at the start of this, why I know I am you know, pretty sustainable is that things that I thought I needed once upon a time, I no longer need, even though I could actually technically go out and buy them today. Because once upon a time, I saw them as a goal, an achievable thing, a thing I wanted. I no longer want them like I want was, and I no longer need to actually use them the way I thought I did. So mm -hmm. for that reason, I know that I'm wealthy rather than rich. And that's something people can reflect on and go to themselves, what is something that I used to desire that I now have? So what are those things in your life that when you were younger, when you're in your teens, your early 20s, your late 20s, wherever you are right now, what is something that you really, really wanted back then that now you well and truly have that and more and you just think it's normal? Yeah. I So for me, I think it was a certain lifestyle that I thought was quite, you know, attainable. Not, not, no, the word's not attainable. A, a lifestyle I thought that was needed to sort of, you know, be reached. And you realize it's not as fun as it looks. It's also sort of unsustainable. I think the other way I'd say it to you is, is life and time changes you. And we've, again, we've discussed this, but it, this episode is perfect for it is that as you do go through time, your appreciation of things changes. Your gratitude for what you have will change. I speak quite strongly now about the fact that I can still remember what I thought when I was myself, what I thought when I was with my girlfriend, who then became my wife. And now in the family situation where I have two beautiful young girls and the ch I can still feel and talk the change because I can feel the time. And what I mean by that is that looking back in time is much easier. So if you're a younger person listening to this, I know that if you're 20 to 25, thinking five to seven years ahead seems like ages. Particularly the example is if you're 20 and you think about what 27 is, it's going to seem like an eternity to you. But for you that are 25, 32 seems long, but probably not as long as it once upon a did because all of a sudden 27 is two years away to you. Whereas as I'm open about it, I'm 38 and 30 seems pretty close. 25, I actually still remember really well because 25 was a great year. I was first started in this industry overseas. I was in Amsterdam. But if I remember the thought processes and the lifestyle and the wants that I had then, they are completely different because I wasn't not just practicing gratitude, but I was also sitting there going, I believe this is what I, this is believed what society wanted from me and what I thought I wanted. It wasn't until you actually start trying to go for that that you realize no that's not me and that's the difference yeah and we often don't take that time to really think about what we want and we talk a lot Owen and I on the podcast about those goalposts and how do you stop the goalpost moving because we might say we want to invest this much or have this much money to feel wealthy to feel secure to feel confident about who we are but usually once you reach that point whether it's in your career your finances your friendship group that point seems to push out into the future. Mm. So it usually, once you get to a million dollars, well, that's probably not enough. Maybe you need $2 million. Um, I've read articles about people that have reached financial independence and then that goalpost has been kicked out a bit further and a bit further again. And But then you're sort of contrasting that with the fact that as you grow and develop and learn, your goals will change naturally because yep. what you want is different. So it's a bit of a, it's a weird balance being not just arbitrarily pushing the goalposts, but also knowing that they will change. 
Uh, yeah, perfect way of looking at it. And that's why I asked you about you're in that growth phase. I would love to think I'm still am, but I'm in a different period. And what I what I mean by that is that you're growing mentally. Yes, but you can always grow mentally, <laughs> yes. right? So I mean, the one thing you know, it's been the hardest. Maybe thing emotionally is, too. Ev. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I agree with that because what I was going to say is the one thing that used to annoy me as as a younger person was hearing that you you never you never stop learning. That's true, but it was more about that. Now I feel that I don't know as much as I do now as I did when I thought I was in my 20s. Mm. Because, again, you don't have that eye-opening expectations. I, I would know that eye-opening experiences that come with family, that come with having a partner in your life, that they have different views, all that kind of stuff, and then living with them and, and actually having those views come into your overall psyche. Um, all of that's sort of what you learn. It's also about when you're when I was younger, the word is striving. You're always striving. You were always told from school, you know, this is the career you need. This is the direction you need. You need to keep striving and striving and striving. You get into a career, you keep striving and striving and striving. And there's this feeling and we about being in a linear trajectory. But again, there's no appreciation about what that actually is doing to you in terms of your overall, you know, position. And again, money is a very good you know, baseline, right? Because you can you can physically see my money balance has gone from X when I was 20 to Y when I'm 25 to Z when I'm 30, and now I'm at an alpha point yeah. at 38. It's not that simple anymore because that's not how I, I look at it from the point of view that what I now appreciate is the lifestyle, the things that I find much more enjoyable. Money now is there rather than having to come to it and strive for it. That's the difference is... Money is is something that I that I don't have to worry about, like I thought I did, and that's all part of the gratitude of understanding the difference between scarcity and abundance. Do you feel you've gone through? A, I mean, you're at a shorter period than me, but mm. you are certainly going through that period now. Can you feel that change from when you left school? I know you're still doing some university, but you've pretty much finished it. Yeah. To where you're going further forward. Yeah, and I think when I look back now, I've got more experiences to draw on and I have more solid financial foundations. So things like having a fully funded emergency fund, that means I can look at investing and look at making career and life decisions differently than I did when I only had $1,000 in my bank account. And really, if I left my job, I would have had to figure something out because I wouldn't have just had enough to do whatever I needed to do. Mm -hmm. The next thing to also go down the path of is do you find now that you're not making decisions out of things like fear, out of things like reaction, that you've started doing your gratitude practicing, that you've now started to realize that you've got abundance? Have you found that's also part of the change? I've never actually used the word abundance personally. Yeah, no, it's, not, it's a cumbersome <laughs> word. I know what it's, you mean. It's, it's interesting. Is, but is, it, is it the opposite to scarcity? I don't – Yeah, it probably is, but it's not – but I, I do think having some knowledge and some education and some basic level of financial foundations now and that I have a plan, I am able to make decisions from a position of strength. Mm -hmm. And that's probably a, a big change. I feel more confident when making my decisions now that they're not going to be dictated by my finances. And so if I had to, uh, if I wanted to take a year off, well, realistically, I could. I could not have any income for a year and I could make it work. Will I? Probably not right now because I'm in the growth phase, as you mentioned. But mm -hmm. um, I think if we actually look at our finances, we might realize things are possible that maybe we ruled out before. 
And I guess the big thing for me in getting to the point where, yes, I still have goals, yes, there's things I'm working towards, but I'm very happy in this present moment is the fact that I can now really enjoy the process along the way Mm -hmm. and I really enjoy the learning and the doing and the saving and the investing. And I celebrate those small moments and I check in on a regular basis. But I, So I've still got long-term goals, but I'm enjoying it in the immediate sense. So you just spoken about process. We need to go down the actual stuff. I know we've discussed a little bit already. What What's your big takeaway about what is the most actionable scenarios and actions you can take to appreciate your money more, to appreciate what you have, and, and actually therefore putting yourself on a, on a path to routine is probably the other part of it. I think when you look at that question, will I ever have enough X, Y, Z, you should think of that as a mindset rather mm-hmm. than a destination. So how can you find a way to have enough right now, even if on paper you do need more money or you do need to spend more time finishing your degree or whatever it is. So figuring out what can I do right now to feel like I have enough and I'm not missing out on something and then finding ways to enjoy the process because when you hit that enough point, that's just one one millisecond of your life. So how can you enjoy the process and enjoy the milestones on the journey? Yeah, and I would... I'm pretty much the same. I would just come back to the point that I said before, appreciating your appreciates. like, And I, I that realization has been huge from the point of view that if you can look at what is happening now, the value it's giving you and its appreciation it's going to give you, that change is incredible. And, and therefore, it's looking at, okay, my balance of my whatever, bank account, investment account, whatever it happens to be that you're looking at, super, blah, 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 you can see it's actually, okay, today it's at $10,000, but I know it's going to be at $15,000 by the end of the year or it's going to be that in three years' time. I know it's growing. I know I have enough. And it's not just – the word isn't just enough. I know that somehow people explain it, you know, good enough or what have you. It's not even about that. It's about knowing that if all things stop today, I'm fine. And therefore, tomorrow, if all things stop tomorrow, I'm fine. And so on and so forth, yeah. because time is continuously moving on. You can't stop it. So that is why freezing in time is a hard thing to do. But you know that it's always going to be there for you. It's always there in the background. And that, as I said, that's the appreciation: is mm-hmm. knowing that it's there for you. Therefore, it's appreciating your ability to do what you want to do. Yeah. And that gives you that freedom that we're all talking about around knowing what you you know what you want, when you want, how you want. That's my thing. I know I talk about it a lot. The other one is. Actually, yeah, once you have a known idea that you're happy with what you have, the ability to celebrate it in a you know sustainable way becomes much, much more apparent because in the other part of this is that you know, you're building your wealth for something, which mm. you and I keep talking about it. For us, it's our lifestyle. Some people, it's different. But whatever it is, it's celebrating that you have that, you have that goal because this is the other thing. As I said, striving is the one thing that I've found is probably and has been Positive in terms of my growth, but detrimental in terms of my thinking. Because when I was younger, striving was all I wanted. Mm. It makes you very competitive and that's fine. But it's also about accepting that once you reach a goal, that's actually good. And you don't necessarily need more goals to keep striving towards. Mm. It's a hard mindset to get out of. Correct. Like scoring the goal can actually be the game. Yeah. That's Playing the game can be the game. <laughs> Correct. And once you've, you know, scoring the goal and once the game has been played, you're done. Yeah. Oh, 
I think there's a lot for people to go on after this episode. A bit of bit of thought-provoking questions about- A bit of homework too. What is enough for you? Yeah, a bit of homework. Get out that journal, as Kate has shown you, and, and write down your five things. See if you can do it for a week. Then try and push it out to a month and you will notice a mental change. It's just like exercise in your thinking. Yeah. There's your homework. All right. Well, we've got episodes one to four now in our Brain Hacks mini-series now available. Check out the show notes for more details and grab a copy of Evan's book. Evan, thank you for joining me. Thank you very much, Kate. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast. We hope you learned something new and were able to take one thing away from this episode. If you're keen to learn more, head on over to Rask Education and take one of our free money and investing courses. You could even become a Rask Core member for less than your Netflix subscription each month. And don't forget to subscribe for new episodes in your inbox every week. Plus, if you enjoyed the show, we'd love you to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and send any questions our way via the link in the description. And before we go on, did this podcast contain personal financial advice just for me? Absolutely not, Kate. Our podcast actually contains general financial information only. What that means is the information does not take into account your financial needs, goals, objectives, or even your situation. So because of that, it's important that you consider if the information is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on it. If that all sounds a bit confusing or you're still working out what your needs are, it's a great idea to consult a licensed and trusted financial planner. And don't forget to do your own research. Are you thinking about starting your wealth creating journey, but not sure where to put your hard earned dollars? InvestSmart can help. InvestSmart offers a free quiz that makes it easy to find the right InvestSmart ETF portfolio to help you reach your goals. Just visit investsmart.com.au and hit get started. Answer a few simple questions about your goals and how much you want to invest and you'll get a tailored statement of advice with a portfolio recommendation. You can visit investsmart.com.au for a no obligations free statement of advice. This ad is brought to you by InvestSmart Advice, AFSL 334107. For more than a decade, I've been hunting for the best investors and their methods, strategies, and tools for investing. After years in the industry, countless books, a few degrees, and 1,000 podcasts and live shows, I've rolled this accumulated knowledge into something called Rask Invest. If you've ever heard me talk about a core and a satellite, active and passive, true long-term compounding, or you simply want to know exactly how I would invest, now is your chance. Rask Invest is our new investment service, designed for all types of investors who want professional management of their core portfolio at a low cost from a team they trust. Rask Invest helps you automate your wealth creation and passive income. Simply click the link that says invest with Owen in your podcast player to join one of our live platform walkthroughs or book a call with us. You can also view the Rask Invest PDS and TMD and get invested with me.